You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Lowe sabe que entre más opciones tengan los pros, mejores son las posibilidades para sus clientes. Por eso hemos tenido en cuenta a los pros como tú, para crear la mejor exhibición con una gran variedad de marcas exclusivas de alfombra Stainmaster, pisos de vinilo Procore Plus y pisos laminados Pergo. Aprovecha grandes cantidades de los artículos que necesitas y a buenos precios cada día. Otra razón más por la que Lowe's es el nuevo hogar de los pros. If you have a subscription app business, your bottom line depends on making sure users stay and pay in your app, but it's also important to understand the data and behavior of users who have no intent of doing either. Will they stay or will they go? Well, Dan Burkhaw, co-founder and CEO of NAMI, shares an early warning system for detecting users likely to churn and valuable best practices to help you monetize your audience. All this and more in episode number 436. Welcome to Mobile Presence, your destination for everything mobile. I'm your host as always, Peggy Ann Saltz, mobile analyst, tech consultant, senior Forbes writer and founder of Mobile Groove. The subscription economy is booming. More than four in five consumers in the U.S. alone now pay at least for one streaming service. Overall, the subscription economy is booming as well. It has more than four times growth since 2012. It's massive, but where you have a massive market, you're going to have massive competition. So pivoting to a subscription model, being a success at one is not a walk in the park. So we're going to talk about the subscription economy and we're going to talk about the role of data. My guest, Dan Burkhaw, he's co-founder and CEO at NAMI. Very cool name, NAMI as in Tsunami, since I said streaming is booming. Tell me a little bit about NAMI, high level view here. Sure, and thanks for having me. 
It's really a pretty simple story. We've been in the mobile ecosystem since the beginning and have built some other companies. We've seen firsthand this transition to the subscription model in part driven by folks like Apple and Google sort of encouraging developers to do this. And what became pretty clear to us when we got started is that it's not so easy. It's not like the old days of in-app purchase where it was relatively straightforward to offer a, a one-time purchase. With subscription, you have that whole life cycle. So the mm -hmm. user comes in, maybe they start a free trial, maybe they convert to paid, they renew a few times, perhaps they cancel, but there's all this other state that can happen for every individual user. They can go into a grace period where their credit card fails for a period. And so what we essentially do is streamline all of that by number one, dealing with all of the kind of technical plumbing of offering subscriptions wherever you need to offer them. So if you wanna sell subscriptions on the App Store, Google Play, perhaps on the Web Direct, et cetera, we deal with all the platform-specific technical bits. But then importantly, what we do is we unify all the subscriber data. If you are selling in all those places and you built that solution yourself, what you'd end up with would be little silos of data. So here's your subscriber base for Apple. Here's your subscriber base direct. Here's your subscriber base for Google Play, et cetera. And in, because it's in those silos, it would be difficult to understand, number one, the high-level trends with your subscriber base. But number two, each platform has different capabilities. And so what you need is one kind of consistent set of data. So then you can plug that into all your other tools. So for example, perhaps you want to overlay subscriber uh, data for your email marketing or your push notification campaigns, or you need to bring subscriber data into your attribution tools so you can see, hey, are my ad spends actually driving not just users into the app installs, but is it driving free trial starts? And, and maybe even beyond that, are, are the free trial starts converting into actual paid subs? So all that you want to do, but in order to do, you need to have a kind of a unified data layer. So we make it easier to offer subscriptions in all these places. We give you that unified stream of data that you can plug wherever you need to. And then we're building a whole set of tools on top uh, of all of that to help folks really build a better subscriber experience. And I noticed that it's NAMI ML, which is going to be mm -hmm. machine learning. What part of this is that is this the kind of machine learning that is not just making certain i have removed the silos between the data because i've got all these different platforms is this about putting that data together connecting the dots or is it also perhaps predictive on top of the data saying this is probably going to be uh, what the user wants or does or where the user is going to progress in the life cycle yeah, so it's a little bit more the latter. And mm -hmm. kind of the origin story for why ML is even in the name of the company is in our last uh, company, we were in the push notification space. We had a mm -hmm. company called Push.io that we sold to Oracle. We spent a few years inside of the Oracle Marketing Cloud integrating that technology. And one of the big observations that we saw there was that if you would just personalize the push notifications or even the email messages that you were sending to your audience by the time of day that the user was most likely to engage. So this was a feature called send time optimization that would use the data from the user to figure out, hey, this is when we should deliver the message. Engagement went way up. 
And so we we thought about that in the context when we were starting NAMI of what could that be a clue for in the subscription space? And part of it is that, you know what, for a lot of, especially these freemium experiences, not every single user is is probably a candidate or enough of a user of the application to to be a likely subscriber. So if you are thinking about your kind of funnel, uh, the top of the funnel, the audience, what you want to do is you want to find the people who are going to be likely subscribers. And then let's mm-hmm. move them into a subscription. And then once they're in a subscription, let's try to detect early if we think they're likely to churn so that we can get in front of that and, and market to why they might want to reconsider not churn. Let's reinforce the value proposition. And so where we use ML is doing things like propensity to purchase scores, so or propensity to subscribe scores so that we can look at every single user that's using the application and understand who are the cohorts that are likely to be your subscribers and maybe not just your subscribers, but have the best lifetime value. So you can focus your efforts around those people. And then on the churn side, how can we look at the people that have subscribed and and instead of waiting for them to cancel and churn out and then you're fighting this battle where you're trying to use email and push to re-engage them, which is just an uphill climb, why not look at their usage uh, patterns and now that we have that clue, let's start to be more proactive with our marketing so that we can hopefully avoid that cancellation event. Tell me about your audience for this, Dan. Probably companies as well as creators. Is it that mix? Yeah, it could be any any publisher or any developer that is offering subscriptions on mm-hmm. you know one or more of these channels. In, indie developers can go onto our site and sign up and use our service. But where we focus most of our energy around the product roadmap and our you know sales efforts is really around the large enterprise type customers, not just in media, in entertainment kind of streaming, by the way, there's all sorts of categories where the subscription-based model is very appealing and the customers aren't just in one place. You have to be able to be where your customers are. And that tends to be where we we focus a lot of our energy. But the nice thing is that solving those larger kind of more complex problems certainly help you know, if you're a small indie developer that maybe starts out just on the app store, maybe at some point you decide to take on Google Play. Maybe at some point you decide to take on selling direct on your website. And so we can be a solution they can grow up with, but it's not where we're super focused. Mm-hmm. We will talk about your focus. We'll also talk about some tips for companies that want to make the most out of their subscription app model. But right now we do have to go to break, Dan. So listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence, sponsored by CleverTap, a leading engagement and retention platform, will be back after this message. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on wmr.fm. Here is your host, Peggy and Saul. And we are back to Mobile Presence. My guest today is Dan Burkhaw. He is co-founder, CEO at NAMI. And Dan, before the break, we were talking about just overall some of the patterns that you're seeing because you're looking at them and they're saying this person is going to churn you're looking at probability you're looking at models i'd like to just unpack that a little bit maybe you can share some of the patterns some of the early warning signals of churn what does that look like to you part of it is what is the core purpose of the application so if it's a streaming service as an example since we've been talking about those it's consumption of content And so part of what our models do is they have a sense of the apps in general, right? Every app has people come in and they do things and then they leave, but every app has specific things that they're geared towards. So streaming services, it's about consumption of content in health and fitness apps. It might be about doing, completing workouts and so on. And so we use that for each app category, what those core actions or core consumption elements are can be instrumented. So not like an analytics instrumentation, more like here's how the machine learning gets augmented for the specific app category and use case. And so then what happens is that the model starts to learn over time, hey, you know, likely churners have a step down in their engagement of content over time. And at a certain point, you cross a boundary where, oh, not, not only is this early warning, now this is m- moderate warning. And then moderate warning goes to this person's going to churn like now. And the nice thing is the way this is works is that it can apply to any category of application because in every app category, there's something that one or more things in the app that are signals as to whether somebody's actually using it. And that's a key driver. And speaking of signals, that's what you're picking up on, but in a user privacy friendly, respective way. Tell me about how you approach this. This is on device machine learning. What does that mean? Yeah, so it's just like Face ID. When you swipe on the iPhone and it unlocks by scanning your face, the the data that Apple's collecting, the the point clouds of of your face, that's not going up to their server somewhere. And then the server's saying, yeah, go ahead, unlock the device. Uh, That person's authorized. No, the model's actually sitting on the device so that it, number one, it's very fast to unlock. But number two, the, the unique characteristics and features of your face are only talking to a model that's on the phone. So it, it's not very privacy invasive in that regard. And quite frankly, it allows the model on the device to constantly be learning. So every day I have a different haircut or now I, I have a hat on. It still works because it's learning your features over a period of time with that on-device model. So we're doing the exact same thing. So our propensity to purchase models that are, are trying to figure out is this this user likely to become a paid subscriber or our models around early churn detection or is this user starting to exhibit fatigue 
Is that fatigue getting worse over time such that we think they're going to churn? All those models are running on the device so that the, the data that we need to collect and send up to the cloud is just so limited. It's such a minimized amount of data that isn't about the user. It's about larger I mean, kind of macro uh, points to train our base models, but the things that are specific to each individual user, each individual subscriber, all of that data lives on the device. And when I say data, I really mean all that behavior information, because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. NAMI breaks down barriers and boundaries and silos in data. That's really important for an omni-channel experience. What you're also seeing on device, learning on device, these models, that's also really important. What happens when I engage with NAMI? Do I just unify and make my data actionable? Or am I also getting a little bit of that special sauce, that consulting, which tells me these are the warning signs because across the entire internal database of what you have, we found that in most cases, when someone doesn't make a playlist within X amount of time, they are in danger of churn and you as a marketer need to do something about it. What am I getting from you? Yeah, so we are a SaaS service, so there's mm -hmm. technology that we're bringing to the table, but we also have expertise, which I think is what you're suggesting on the second part. When we engage with a customer, part of it is trying to help them set up the right foundational steps so that based upon our learnings. So, for example, I mentioned earlier, I, I said that the instrumentation for ML isn't like an analytics instrumentation. And what I meant by that is when you do analytics, you tend to put code in that tracks everything. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It takes yeah. a lot of development time. You're not sure if you even need any of this, you know, or all of this data, but you do it anyway, you instrument everything. And what we do instead is we try to identify, as I mentioned, those kind of core drivers. And so that's where we can consult with our customers to say, okay, we've taken a look at your application. We know what it's about. Here's the key things that are going to inform the model so that we get the right, you know, so here's the real signal and mm -hmm. that's going to drive the model, give us the answers that we want, that then you can use and activate wherever you need to, be it in the app experience itself, right? If somebody's early churn detection is going off, then maybe there's something you preemptively do while they're still in your experience. But mm -hmm. then how does you take that data and then overlay it to other marketing campaigns that are happening outside of the application so you can personalize. So all of that can be done and we can do that in a consultative fashion, not just throw the technology to you and say, it's up to you to become a data scientist in your own application. The mm -hmm. other thing I'll say on that, by the way, is some companies that we work with do have data science teams, but they don't always have the experience of doing on device and they don't always have the experience of thinking about the kind of mobile app world that's a little more unique than just the larger data science that might be done at an organizational level. So we can consult with data science teams in-house and help them get savvy about this stuff and help them be productive as well. As you said, it's in the data, it's in the behavior. If you know what to look for, you're going to see it and you're going to do something that is more preemptive because you're going to be more predictive. What are marketers not seeing in the data, generally speaking? I think it's somewhat not about what they're seeing. It's about when they're seeing it. Mm -hmm. So a concrete example would be if somebody has canceled your subscription 
And eventually that cancellation signal ends up in your email tool and you can build an audience segment from your cancelers and try to retarget them with a, a win back type offer or something of that nature. It's too late, it, it, at least for a little while, maybe eventually again, you can try again and maybe something changes for the user and maybe you can win them back eventually. But so what we're trying to do is, and what I think is a best practice here is email and, and using email is, is a tool in the toolbox. But it's one that you should hopefully avoid using if you have an opportunity to get in front of people while you still can. So we're big fans of doing things like if somebody is likely to churn, let's go ahead and do that win back promotion in the app experience while they're still there. You still have a chance to change their attitude. And maybe it's not about the win back. Maybe it's, maybe it's a graceful way to say, hey, we're sorry to see you go. And it, giving, giving them a, wel a welcoming invite to come back at a later time, just so they're, they're, they have warm fuzzies on the way out the door, mm -hmm. because if they do, they're more likely to come back than if it's a kind of obnoxious experience to cancel, they'll almost never come back. So I think it's a timing matter of like, when you have this d data, then the flip side to that too, uh, is there's a lot of companies that we've engaged where before they worked with us, they actually didn't have some of this data. So the hypothetical I talked about where in your email marketing system, here's the cancellations, you'd be surprised on how many folks haven't figured out how to stitch that all together. And in, in part, it's because of that data fragmentation I mentioned at the top. But let's just assume that's all worked out. It's really a matter of, wouldn't you like to know some of these things, like the minute that's knowable versus mm -hmm six weeks from now when somebody's already past the point of no return, so to speak, and that's going to be much harder to get them back. You're talking about win back and you're saying, yeah. don't try to win them back when they're going out the door. So I'm wondering what that uh, subscription app loyalty curve looks like with you. How do I engage or is there a day or a date or a time in that life cycle that says, pay attention now, because otherwise you will have to win them back. There is, and it, 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 it differs for the freemium offerings versus ones that force you into the free trial, of course. So I'll talk freemium for a minute. Part of it is that it's not, do you message sometimes it's how do you message? So mm -hmm. if somebody's just come in the door, give it a kick the tires versus maybe a few days later, they've, or they've gone through those key events that we talked about earlier, where maybe they've completed three workouts, they should have a sense of whether this is for them or not. Now it's time to say, okay, here's the subscription offer to keep going with this. Mm -hmm. And so it, it is a little app dependent in terms of each app has its own kind of life cycle and funnel approach, but make it more about an education experience about here's what this brings to the table. Here's why this might be interesting to you. Yeah. I, I think people need to understand that not everybody coming in the door is going to be a subscriber and that is totally okay. So as you're thinking about that day one, day seven, day 15 and so on, part of the job isn't to just be trying to retain everybody. Part of the job mm -hmm. is to figure out, okay, of the person in the door, what kind of user is this? Mm -hmm. Is this a user who, no matter what I do, is it's they're, they're not going to be a long-term user slash customer? 
or is this a user that has the probability of being one of those and I want to nurture them along a journey? So part of that gets back to data where if you might be running some acquisition campaigns that are, are doing really well on a cost per install basis, but they n might not be driving the right subscribers. They may mm -hmm. just be generating users and there's yeah. a real difference between that as you said it's all about the communication it's understanding the audience great segue because we've come up to the end of the show and of course our listeners they love to connect with our guests afterwards what's the best way for them to find out more about nami maybe connect with you maybe you're blogging sharing some of this some great insights some data that you've mentioned i know people love that where can they get it sure so our website nami.ml is the short mm -hmm. version if you prefer to go to the .com, namiml.com, we have both. Okay. So uh, you can find us there. I'm also just around the internet. My last name, Burkhaw, is pretty unique. So if you search for me, you'll find me on Twitter and LinkedIn and all the places. Perfect, Dan. And if you're not blogging yet, I'm going to bother you about that because I think you have a lot to share. It was really insightful. Thank you so much for sharing and for being my guest today. Thanks for having me. And of course, if you want to keep up with me throughout the week, find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy. Peggy at mobilegroove.com is where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. You can also check out this and all earlier episodes of our show by going to WMR.FM, or you can find our shows on Amazon, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio simply by searching mobile presence. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. Keep well, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.